Um, we're going to turn to God's Word um, uh, at the moment. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 26, verse 6 to 13, if you want to get ready. I'm going to pray before we do that. So let's just, let's just still ourselves before God to hear what He wants to say to us today. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that it's endured through generations. Father, we thank You that even though people have tried to destroy it, that has survived, even, even through the generations before Jesus was here. Father, we know that the Bible and its form then, people tried to destroy it, but Father, it has never been destroyed. Father, even the written word has never been destroyed. And Father, we thank you that as your spirit comes and you speak through your word, Lord, that you bring life into our hearts. Lord, you speak the word into our lives. So may our ears be open to hear what the spirit would say to us today. May our understanding be opened, and Father, we pray that we'd be attentive to what the Holy Spirit wants to say in this place today. In Jesus' name we ask, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 26 says this, while Jesus was in Bethany at the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. And verse 11 says this, the poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. What an incredible passage. And the title of what I want to share today is very simply this, the simple gospel. And Jesus said here, whenever this gospel is preached throughout the world, and he could have added throughout time, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. We remember in something that happened around 2,000 years ago almost, something that was very special for Jesus. And we're going to just think about that this morning. When I use the word gospel, I don't know what you think of. What do you think of when I say gospel? Good. Some people are saying good news. We'll come to that in a second. All you swatty people. Well, I was thinking about this because sometimes we think about gospel music. You know, we, you know, I've I've listened to bands over the years, and they say, well, it's a kind of gospel vibe in this track, and blah blah blah. And uh, you know, we think of gospel music, and you know, we, we can think of the books of the the Bible, the gospels. Um, so when I was trying to memorize the gospels, I could only remember Matthew, Luke, and John. I missed the mark. That was a joke. You're allowed to laugh. <laughs> so there are four Gospels, four books. that they, they open up the New Testament. Matthew. Matthew is a man writing to a Jewish audience, and uh, he's trying to portray Jesus as the Messiah to people who've been waiting on this Messiah and have missed the fact that the Messiah has come. And he's writing to them after the fact to say this was Jesus whom you crucified. Matthew refers 53 times to passages in the Old Testament. That's what was written before Jesus. He refers to it 53 times and quotes it. And he's trying to convince Jewish people that Jesus is the Messiah. Mark was written for Romans, and Jesus is portrayed in that as a servant. Luke was written to a Greek man called Theophilus, and Jesus is portrayed as a human being. You see his human side coming out. 
John, however, written much, much later than the other Gospels, probably about 95 AD. And John was probably the only disciple of those original ones that had survived that long because the others were martyred. Anyway, that's another story. And Jesus is portrayed as God, which he in fact is. God living on earth in a body in the human being called Jesus. And we believe that Jesus is fully God and fully human. And there's a technical term for that, which we'll maybe share later. But gospel essentially means good news. Who's ready for some good news these days? Yeah, you turn on the news and you just go, wow, it's not getting any better, is it? And why do they always report all the bad news? Why do they never report the good news? Because good news doesn't sell, but bad news does. And so we're surrounded by bad news. And the gospel, the message about Jesus, is spoken of as being good news. In essence, it's God's plan to redeem a broken world, the world that we live in. And if you look at the world that we live in, we know that it's broken. We all sense that. We feel it day by day. It's a broken world that we live in. Even the planet that we live on, it just seems to be that we're messing up the planet as well now at a rapid pace. And we're told to be good stewards of everything that God has given us. The people that God planted in the garden, Adam and Eve, well, he didn't plant them literally, but they placed them in the garden. Wrong word, okay? Um, They were there to look after it, to steward it, to be custodians, to manage it, and to look after all that God had created. However, they chose their own way. They chose to disobey God and to live lives their own way. God intended for us to live in relationship with Him. Many people in our world these days do not live in a relationship with God, and they miss out along the way. And the core reason for the for for why we live our lives this way, is this thing called sin, which in essence is missing the mark, literally is missing the mark. It's, you know, you've heard that saying, if you aim at nothing, you're sure to hit it. Have you heard that saying? If you aim at nothing, you're sure to hit it. If you have nothing guiding your life, no principle to guide your life, then you're, you're going to succeed because you're not actually trying to get somewhere. And sin is when we miss the mark. It's when we miss the target. It's when we miss the standard that God sets for us. And that sin, that missing the mark, separates us in our relationship with God, and it separates us in our relationships with other people. And I don't know about you, you know how you feel when you've been wronged. But the point is we've all wronged somebody else as well. And when we wrong somebody else, what do we expect? We expect to be forgiven, don't we? When we've messed up, we aren't, and, and we say to somebody, I'm really sorry I messed up. We want people to say, I forgive you, don't you? But how hard is it when somebody messes up towards us and, and they're in our debt and we don't release them from that debt and we say, you're not forgiven. I'm not letting you off the hook with that. You've just taken it a stage too far this time. But the reality is that we've all missed the mark, we've all sinned, we've all messed up. And the good news, the gospel, is simply that message of Jesus who came into the world in the person of Jesus, a human being and a tiny little baby, came to earth and he lived his life in such a way where he was able to become a sacrifice for us. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness, no remission for sins, okay? All the way throughout the Old Testament, there was blood sacrifice. This sounds a bit gross, doesn't it? You read the Old Testament. I'm reading through the Old Testament again. I'm like, oh my goodness. It's like, I'm glad I live in these days and not those days. Because Jesus came to be a sacrifice for us for our sins. 
And he told this story, this, 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 this good news message to so many people, and so many people followed him. Twelve people followed him 2,000 years ago, and now the church is a global movement. It's a worldwide movement. There are probably about 1. however many, 2, 5, to 1.5 to 2 billion people who claim to follow Jesus in the world today. That's, you don't think of that when you're living your lives, do you? And you're going about your everyday lives. But many people have been impacted by the message of Jesus. And Jesus said to the people at this time, back then, I tell you the truth, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. It's all about Jesus. It's all about this man called Jesus and his message and his ministry. And we are, we are tasked to worship him, this incredible person called Jesus. This woman worshipped Jesus. And there are three points which I want to just draw out from this story. The first is means, the second is motive, and the last one is meaning. Means, motive, and meaning. The means, this woman had something that she could give to Jesus as an act of worship. This was coming up to the time when Jesus would be uh, crucified. It was about the time of Passover. It's a Jewish festival. And they were coming up to that time. And this woman had something that she could do, something that she poured out on Jesus as an act of worship. She had the means. And it was a very expensive perfume in a little alabaster box, a jar called made out of alabaster. And she broke that and she poured it over Jesus so that the perfume came down over Jesus' body. I don't know if you know, there is a perfume in the world which is the most expensive. Does, does anybody know what it is, just out of curiosity? It's called Shamukh, and it means the spirit of Dubai. Why are you not surprised that it resides <laughs> in probably one of the richest countries on the planet? And this perfume, the, the, the way that it's packaged, it's actually adorned with 3,571 diamonds. And there is gold, there is silver, there is pearls, there's, there's little pillars, little tiny marble pillars. This, this box stands about this height, by the way, and it's so expensive. And if you run out of perfume, you can order more, but there's a waiting list and the bottle arrives in a flight case, and the flight case is actually made out of Italian leather, the most expensive leather. And if you, do you know what a flight case is? Like, if, if you carry things about in a flight case, it's got this metal banding round about it. Well, the flight case is actually bound by gold. That's just the flight case. And I checked the price this morning, because since I prepared this sermon, the price of it has went up. But I think that's more to do with the, in, the inflation and the exchange rate and stuff like that. The, the price of this this morning was £1,093,647 per ounce. You can't get it for your Christmas, Mary. <laughs> she was going to ask for two. But but, so you could share it. Well done. Well, maybe we need to wait until uh, a few years down the road. Um, we'll need to save up for that one. Uh, and and I, I was just thinking about this. Can you imagine having this really, really expensive perfume and you take that perfume and you open it and you pour it out, all of it, on somebody's head? And you're like, wow. One million, 93,647 pounds worth of perfume. 
perfume being poured over one person's head at one point in time. And that's what happened in this story. This woman, she came and she poured this expensive perfume over Jesus. And the disciples, how did they respond? They probably responded the same way that you and I would respond. What a waste! We could have sold that and given the money to the poor. We could have built umpteen churches with that money. We could have employed so many pastors with that money. And the actual sense of the word of what they're saying here is that it's, it's a, like a destruction. It's a waste. It's a loss. Because this woman took what was precious to her and she poured it on Jesus. Everybody thought it was a loss. Can I just say something? Whatever we give to Jesus is never lost. And Jesus actually asks for something that's more valuable than perfume. More valuable than this perfume. If you go online, you'll see pictures of it resting in, uh, in Dubai in this big fancy case. Jesus asks for something that's more precious than that. He asks for us. He asks for our lives. He asks for our love and for our commitment. What was the motive of this lady? The motive was love. Jesus said about another woman who, who had been forgiven by Jesus. And we read it in Luke seven forty-seven. I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. Maybe, maybe our love for Jesus is in proportion to how he has forgiven us. I don't know about you, have you ever needed to ask somebody for forgiveness? Yeah? Okay, I have. And when that person forgives you, and they release you from the indebtedness to them, and they say, I forgive you, I love you, I accept you, we know that we've sinned, we know that we've messed up, we know that we've missed the mark, and they say, I forgive you. And when we come to God, and we say, I've missed the mark, I've messed up, and God says to us, I forgive you. It's a powerful thing. There's something incredibly liberating about being forgiven. If you've been forgiven by somebody, you will know what I mean. And the worse the thing is that you have had to be forgiven from, the more you appreciate that forgiveness. And that's what Jesus is saying about another woman. And that's why this woman was able to do what she did. There's an advert on TV, you've probably heard it, because you're worth it. Yeah? Is it L'Oreal? Oh, sorry, we're online. No adverts. Delete that bit out, okay? Because Jesus is worth it. Because he's worth it, we give him our lives. For me, I did that when I was a wee tiny boy called six years old. I was a wee tiny boy, aged six years old, and gave my life to Jesus because I reckoned that he was worth me giving me his life, me giving my life to him. Sorry, getting tongue-tied. And God extended grace. He extended forgiveness to me way back then. And I'm so glad. What's the meaning behind this? The meaning, and Jesus expressed it to those who were around about, those who were criticizing this woman. He says, this is why this happened. She has come to prepare me for my death. She's come to prepare me. It was a custom of the people back then to use spices and oils and things like that to embalm people. And Jesus knew what lay ahead of him. He knew what was in front. The alabaster jar was broken. The perfume poured out on Jesus. 
And in a similar way, Jesus' body, his flesh and blood body was broken and his life was poured out in a similar way for us. And I was thinking about this. I wonder, because see this perfume that we talked about, the really expensive one? They say that it can remain on the body for about 12 days, depending on which report you read. And if, if it's on clothing, it can remain for like 30, 40 days. I was thinking about this situation with Jesus. I wonder if he could still smell the perfume when he went through what he went through. And this is what the Bible tells us. He sat at Passover with his disciples and he ate. And I wonder if in that moment he could still smell the perfume. He could still remember this woman's love and sacrifice for him as he prayed in the garden where he was so distressed as he was praying that the sweat that came out of him had blood in the sweat. And he asked his disciples to just pray with me, just be there for me. And they fell asleep. They couldn't stay with him. As he faced the mob, as he was betrayed by his friend Judas, as he was arrested and stood trial before the Jewish leaders, as he was tried before a man called Pilate, the Roman governor at the time, found innocent and yet still punished. He was mocked and beaten and flogged by the Roman soldiers. He was taken out eventually, and he was crucified with two people either side of them, one of whom turned to Jesus in faith and said, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. And Jesus said to that man, today you will be with me in paradise. As he hung on that cross, and as he said those words, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And ultimately buried in a stranger's tomb. He had nothing. He was even buried in a stranger's tomb. But here's the thing, and we sung about this today. On the third day, he rose again. He rose again. I wonder through all that if he could still smell the perfume, if he could still smell the fragrance of that act of worship. Crucially, he rose on the third day. And Jesus has changed the world. Whether you like it or not, whether you agree with me or not, if you look at history, Jesus has changed the world that we live in, especially for the marginalized, especially for the poor, for children, for women. Jesus has changed the world. And he asks us to just put our trust in him. I wonder what we response, how we would respond to that today. Good news, a message for a world that's messed up, a message for a world that's breaking up, just a message for a world where Jesus doesn't seem to figure in people's lives. And Jesus said this. This is what we read in John chapter 1, verse 12. To all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. Not a stranger, not somebody that you never see again. We have the right to become children of God. To people who receive Jesus into their hearts of the as the baptismal candidates have talked about today, people who believe in his name, who believe in Jesus and the power that is in the resurrection. I wonder, do you believe in Jesus today? Do you want to receive him into your life? Do you know it's a simple prayer of invitation? I'm just going to ask the musicians to come back up just as we prepare to finish today because time is gone. It's a simple prayer of invitation. It's a simple prayer of acknowledging that we have missed the mark, acknowledging that we've not got things right, acknowledging that we are indebted to God and that we need forgiveness and that God, what Jesus did on that cross was that he paid our debt. He paid our debt to sin. And we can invite the Holy Spirit into our lives and we can ask 
the Holy Spirit just to be part of our lives. I wonder if we could just bow our heads in prayer. We're almost finished today. But I want to give you the opportunity. I'm sending out an invitation today to people to invite Jesus into your life, to make him Lord of your life, to give yourself as an act of worship and say, here I am, take me, here I am. I surrender my life to you. Here I am. I want to be forgiven by you. I want to know what it is to live in that forgiveness and that lightness of spirit, to have my old stuff, the old stuff of my life dealt with, the things where I've messed up, the things where I've got it wrong, the times where I've missed the mark, that you can come and forgive me. And today is a simple thing that we do. It's a simple gospel message. It's a simple prayer that we pray. It's so simple I could pray it as a six-year-old. And really, it's just about acknowledging who Jesus is, acknowledging that we've missed the mark and inviting him into our lives to forgive us, to cleanse us, and to empower us to live the way that he wants us to. It's a simple prayer. And I'm going to pray that prayer. And if you've never prayed that prayer before, I'm going to ask that you pray it after me just quietly into your heart and if you pray that prayer tell somebody and they will be so excited to hear you say that you've prayed that prayer this is how it goes it's really simple dear God I know that I've missed the mark I know there have been times in my life where I've got it wrong but I thank you for Jesus I thank you for his forgiveness. I thank you that you can come into my life. And I ask that you forgive me today. Make me new. Come into my life by your spirit and help me to live for you from this day on. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you've prayed that prayer, tell somebody that you've prayed that prayer. Share with somebody and they'll be excited to just pray with you and encourage you on your spiritual journey. It's the beginning of a spiritual journey. It's all, all, everything that we've done today is part of our walk with God, our spiritual journey.